Welcome to All Things Wolverines, a Wolverine sports podcast for the people, by the people. Enjoy expert analysis, entertaining discussion, and the pessimism of true Michigan fans. Get ready for All Things Wolverines. Welcome to All Things Wolverines. Brandon, Cousin Kyle, and Nate here today on Monday, October the 10th. We just played the IU Indiana Hoosiers. Nate, what was your one? Big takeaway. Happy top of the week, gentlemen. My one big takeaway, I would say, comes down to our seniors at the end of the day. It was uh, a lot was going on, right? A terrifying moment with Coach Hart, Coach Hart which speedy recovery, take your time. Uh, we love you, Coach Hart. Obviously, that's a lot of the reason that the three of us are so dedicated to this team because we grew up watching him in our primitive years. Um, but yeah, I mean, when that happens, I think the coaches and players both were clearly shook by the play calling and you go to your good seniors. Um, and what I mean by that is simply in the past Michigan teams, some of our captains are like a left guard who's the worst offensive lineman on the team, but he's a senior and he's looked to as a captain. But this year you've got a lot, a lot of really good seniors um, that leader on the third year playmakers and, and changers of the game like mike morris ronnie bell mikey sanger still and, and michael schoonmaker and uh schoonmaker pardon me but yeah i think their leadership on the field and clearly in the locker room changed the game uh sanger still had some key tackles uh mike morris obviously with the, the block field goal which again i think that was a low kick but hey he still got the play done um, Schoonmaker has just been consistent as I'll get out, which I'll get to that a little bit later. And then Ronnie Bell had a premier day for him with 11 catches. So I think when those things happen, coaches can't be on the field to play. And you need your youth to step up and the leadership on the field, the 21, 22-year-olds that have been through the program, have seen things go awry on the road, back-to-back weeks took over. And that's my big takeaway is we've got seniors that will step up in moments that doesn't appear very opportunistic if you will so that's my big takeaway yeah I think in all of that I mean just incredible it's we talked about this as we were kind of texting throughout the game or whenever we were all watching it is that it's really hard when you see any person maybe a complete I've seen a complete stranger go down like that and it's very concerning let alone someone that you're very close to, that you look to as a mentor, who seems to be, you know, this healthy, invincible person. And then just, you know, five minutes later, you have to just go play a game, you know, that, that that's just hot, just really hard. It's a tough situation for everybody. Um, my one, you know, big takeaway was our defense, uh, as I look to them the rest of the season, our defense can win us a game if needed, you know, through six games, the 2021 Michigan defense had 14 sacks. The 2022 Michigan defense, although you can argue, you know, weak schedule and some of the stuff, 22 sacks. That's insane. Um, seven sacks by Michigan in this game against IU. Basilak, Basilak, Balzac, I don't know what his name is, but he was running for his life. Um, I loved our play call on defense. Um, I, I think I saw Gus and Joel Klatt and, you know, everyone at halftime was calling him like 14 different names, but that I hats off to that guy because their offensive line was not good. Our defense is good. And to stand back there uh, 49 times and just to keep getting, you know, back up um, was, was impressive. So shout out to him for that. But I, I liked our play call on defense better. 
Um, I mean, we stopped them to 19 yards rushing in the game. And the fact that he had 200, he had 203 passing yards on 49 attempts, which is four yards per pass attempt on less than 50% completion. And just for perspective, you know, McCarthy's was eight plus, you know, yards per pass. So I think, you know, that's a pretty good recipe on defense when you're really containing them. We didn't, other than like maybe one play, we really didn't let them have any game breaking plays. So uh, I, I believe our defense, my one big takeaway is I believe now, I believe in this defense now. I believe that they, in a moment where it was looking a little dicey, that they could really, you know, um, change the game in some ways. Cousin Kyle, what was your one big takeaway? Yeah, I had the opportunity to be there uh, this weekend, which was really fun. Got to take my son down. Uh, we had we had a blast. But I think every good team is going to have really weird, dysfunctional games. Uh, we saw that with Georgia versus Missouri a couple weeks ago, right? So the question is always going to be when that when that does inevitably happen to you, can you find the ways to win? And I think if you look at the box score, it looks like a typical sort of blowout victory. Uh, the the spread on the game was 22 and a half points. Michigan won by 21 points. Uh, that was even my prediction last week when we were talking about this game. I thought Michigan would win by three touchdowns. So, you know, if you didn't really watch the game, you just kind of saw that you're like, all right, you know, uh, it was, this was still such a weird, uh, annoying game. You know, obviously, as you guys have already talked about, what happened to, to Mike Hart, um, I, I just don't think there's a way to, to sort of really, like, set that to, to data necessarily and, like, be like, you know, this is the, uh, you know, yardage effects of, of this scary event taking place. But I do think that the first half was, was what it was because of that, uh, in part, at least. And obviously, like Nate said as well, you know, praying for him and, and his family. Hopefully he, he is uh, safe and healthy. <clears throat> but overall, I thought JJ played a great game. Uh, I thought the defense had a great second half. The first half, though, I thought was a little bit more worrisome just on the, the quick little outs. IU played such a fast-paced game that, you know, to go from Iowa to IU is is a whiplash and so i thought they came out happy well uh i think that you know some of the offensive decisions uh were, were confusing to me uh, especially in the first half not not passing more but overall yeah it was it was a weird game an annoying game an iu game and we came out with uh you know that 21 point victory and that that to me was uh, a good sign absolutely nate um, <clears throat> there were some pessimistic, you know, Michigan moments in this game. Uh, it was a weird game in general, but just talk to us about your pessimistic Michigan moment of the day on Saturday. Sure. Um, well, I think we, we haven't addressed it yet, but I use offensive line coach. Uh, they got beat up so bad that he got fired. Right. So you never want to see anyone lose their job, obviously in all, in all circumstances. However, I think their, their coach was forced to do something because it was that bad. Um, and I think, you know, Tom Allen had to make a decision there, but I, I will say it felt if the offline coach from IU had a conversation with Brian Ferentz from Iowa and said, Hey man, how would you succeed against this team? And he took the advice of Brian Ferentz from Iowa. That's kind of what I thought. That's how bad their game plan seemed to be. They were double teaming Chris Jenkins 
They went single team on the outside with Mike Morris and Junior Colson, which was just hilarious to me. But anyway, I'm thankful for that. My pessimism is on the RPO situation. Seems like the coordinators, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused on that. It's hard to tell what the game plan was. Again, I don't think they wanted to give anything off to Penn State. But I think I'm just confused. I don't really know who our team is yet because we haven't opened up the playbook. But if you open up the playbook, we still haven't seen JJ connect in a long ball. So the fact that we're going to go in with all these hidden packages, we still haven't really seen any big plays happen. Last year, we led the nation in explosive plays. This year, I don't think we have a lot of explosive plays. So it's just like, what are we waiting on, I guess? Because I use clearly a competent defense. Tom Allen's a defensive guy. And it didn't still seem as if we wanted to try anything new and different because we're just so risk averse this year that it feels just very cautious. Now we've had some beautiful long drives. That's Harbaugh's, you know, big thing. But it would be really nice to see one deep connection happen. And we have yet to see that occur. So that's my big pessimistic moment going into a team that has explosive players. Penn State can sometimes do that. And they've got some incredible defensive athletes, and especially in the defensive backfield. So I would love to see us do something to mix up route running, whatever. But we have not seen any of that yet. So that's my pessimistic moment right now. My pessimistic moment was in the second quarter that A.J. Henning drop was so bad. Like it was, don't get me wrong, not an easy catch, but he dropped it. J.J. made a great throw. and then. Uh, the blocked field goal like that was just you know you can see that those you know small numbers that were at Memorial Stadium they were they were in it they were believing right Um, and then Lucas had that like 40-ish yard play for IU and it made it feel like okay the momentum is back with IU the stadium's believing it's just been kind of a weird first half and it felt where it felt like Michigan was dominating and had some decent drives and was controlling some of the clock and stuff. And then just weird stuff was happening. It, it was just, it was like, okay, what's going, what's going to happen here. It's 10 to 10. All right. Let's time to kind of, like you said, let's open up the playbook. Let's turn on the gas. Like let's go do this thing. And it just didn't seem to be happening. Obviously things ended up turning and we'll talk more about that, but I was definitely um kind of in this state of and I was watching the game somewhat here and there we're at a a tree farm pumpkin patch thing and the signal was terrible and got IU fans jesting me with my block m shirt on and I'm just like okay I don't even really know what's happening I I just can see that it's 10 to 10 and I don't like this so um anyways that was my pessimistic moment uh cousin Kyle what was your pessimistic moment and you were you were there right so you can feel things a bit differently uh, when you're there uh, at, at an away game, um, yeah. Yeah, Memorial Stadium is is a great place to go, especially for your first away game. Like, you know, I took my my uh, son and because it typically is half half full of Michigan fans anyway. And so, but I, you know, shout out to all the people around us who were mostly very nice and also for some of them teaching my son some very new words. So that was great. But um, I think the pessimism, uh, kind of echoing what Nate had said, just very confused by the the offensive coordinators. Uh, you know, I think in general we had some 
from pessimism about this, uh, had this pessimism about two offensive coordinators sort of, you know, calling plays. Like they, they did this a couple of years ago with Pep Hamilton and uh, Drevno. And I, you know, obviously that didn't work out at all. So I'm afraid that we're seeing that again. Uh, again, I was, I was confused by the lack of, of passes. Um, I thought, you know, it, it, it was an overall, yeah, just, just the, the, the passing decisions were very, uh, confusing to me and yeah when when we you know are going into halftime tied at 10 because we had this opportunity to score that touchdown block field goal IU certainly had uh opportunities they they almost scored a touchdown but they had a really bad pass interference call which is the right call by the way that that was definitely a pick play that was definitely a pass interference on IU and then you know their block field goal so just just a, just a weird first half. So yeah, that, that my, my pessimism is definitely about the offensive coordinators and I would like to see them uh, open it up a little bit more against Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, the thread I'm hearing from all of us is it'd be nice to see. All right, we feel like we've been sitting on some of these plays or formations or whatever, or deep, deep plays, big plays. We need to see them this coming week. Uh, Nate, get us into overanalyze. Give us your expert analysis. What were some things you were picking up? What were you seeing on the rewatch? Yeah, hate to continue on this path of the uh, offensive coordinator um, confusion, but I think that's really after this game. It's been enough. We've we've seen six games, which is both depressing and you know I, I hate that it's already gone this fast, right? So we're six games into the season, but that's that's wild. Bowl eligible, unlike Sparty. Um, I would say. My biggest concern is after I did a rewatch last night, fell asleep, you know, for five seconds, my wife woke me up, which I appreciate her determination for me to watch it. Um, but yeah, was watching the RPOs, the play action and like even and Joel Platt's really good, but you shouldn't have a person who's live commentating to say they're really bad at play action <laughs> because the play action was open the whole game. They didn't want clearly Tom Allen's game plan was to shut down the run. And if you watch the game, there are at least six runs where if he keeps the ball and takes it out, he's got a 15-yard gainer. And if he just takes it to the end line, he can do that. My question is, really, for the coordinators, it's almost as if they are telling him they're so, like, worried about him getting hurt. And maybe that's just because Cade's hurt right now. They don't feel comfortable with Davis Warren coming in. They don't want to risk that. But the game of football is very violent. You just never know. It could be something as you know, a no contact injury, but man, if you rewatch it, JJ McCarthy is just very special. There's one where he did keep it and he got a first down outran a linebacker and you know, he was past line of scrimmage. Um, and I thought a guy was going to get him on a, on a pursuit angle, but he was just too quick. So his, his burst is, is special. It's different. Mm-hmm. We've never had this besides obviously the rich rug years. Okay. I get that, <laughs> but we don't have Denard Robinson. We've got someone who can actually hit accurate long balls um as well so it's it's a unique package to have and i just don't know what the game plan is there i just hope that the decision making from jj isn't squashed because at this point it's six games into it um the plays are clearly there or are they just setting that up for penn state because now you've put it such on tape that a really good defensive coordinator which we'll talk about penn state later is going to say hey guys this is available they're going to try and do this so if someone needs to shadow him in the backfield and just keep that you know, the pursuit to keep him inside um, the hash marks. 
because that's where he gets hurt. But if he can run to the sidelines, it's available there. So on the rewatch, I just it's from Oh Brother Art Thou, right? Come on in, the water's fine. It's available. It's right there for you. Let him make plays, and let's just see what happens. I hope the coaches come to an agreement watching the film and say it's there. Let's let him go for it. You know, talked about running out of bounds instead of taking unnecessary hits like he did in the fourth quarter. But it's there. Let's run with it, and I hope they change that a little bit. Mm, absolutely. I think for, for me, <clears throat> um, momentum is very real in college sports. I don't care what anybody says. Big Mo is ready, is, is real, and it is ready to take over a game anytime. Um, and this is what was kind of happening, you know, in the first, it was just going back and forth. Um, big play, obviously, you know, when IU talked about it, when they blocked the field goal, made some big plays. But then uh, at the end of that, you know, uh, their drive after that blocked field goal. Um, <clears throat> Harold for Michigan blew up a run at the goal line, which was awesome. I thought he had a pretty nice game. Sandra still broke up a pass. And then Mike Morris blocks the field goal, right? So it's like, okay, we're not letting them jump out to a lead here. Um, I would say that big Mo for us changed the big Mo of the game. And then, um, you know, then, Colson had a big sack, but then it goes back and it shifts and there's a third quarter drop by Cornelius on second down. And then, and then we see Cornelius totally redeem himself with a great TD and run after catch. And then there's an awesome uh, Henning punt return that didn't have a flag against us. I saw a flag come out and I'm like, surely it's against us. That always happens. It was a 15 yard penalty on a late hit by IU. So now we've got big Mo in our favor. Like we are up by a touchdown. It's the third quarter. And then, um, man, uh, we just could not accelerate and put the game away right away. And I've been wanting to see that in the third quarter against these bit in these big 10 matchups and JJ threw the interception that could have, instead of that being a pick, right. That could have been our, okay, this game's over, right. We're up two touchdowns in the third quarter. It's done. Um, and, and it wasn't, and then our defense, you know, held tough. And then we had that catch by Johnson on second in 22, which was phenomenal catch. And then Bell kept us short at, you know, it was fourth and one, but we still were able to flip the field, pin them back. Oki then with a big sack turns big Mo back into our favor. And then Schoon with a series of catches um, that was called incomplete return er, uh, turned over. And then he finished the drive with the TD and then the game was over, right? The game was just absolutely in hand at that point, but the big Mo big Mo was real. And uh, you see that in college football and uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how we handle that in these games ahead, like Penn state and other things, if we can really open, open things up. Cousin Kyle, uh, what do you have for your overanalyze for the week? Yeah, it's, it's just, again, a weird game to judge because in a lot of ways, Michigan moved the ball fairly well. You know, they had almost 500 yards of offense. Uh, JJ had over 300 passing yards. I thought that Donovan uh, Edwards didn't seem to have a great day running the ball. Nate talked earlier about uh, some of our run plays getting blown up. And I feel like there was one Corum play in particular that I remember down near the goal line where uh, he kind of got tripped. Actually, I think he was trying to make a, one of those quick cuts and kind of got tripped up under uh, one of the offensive linemen's feet. Otherwise, I thought most of the of those blown blown up running plays uh, was on Edwards. So I don't know if that's the line's fault or if that's maybe some of his decision-making, if it's something both. He had some great catches though. And I would like to see, uh, again, just more throwing in the first half. I, I, I 
I'm confused why some of those drives didn't involve more. Knowing that I used uh, pass defense isn't great and uh, gave JJ a lot of time. Uh, the offensive line did. They don't have a great pass rush. IU doesn't have a great pass rush. So would have liked to have seen that more. And again, it's hard to know what's bad play calling versus everyone being shaken up by Mike Hart's uh, health scare. But I would like to see, again, going forward, uh, more more cohesion uh, in the game plan and just uh, more down, downfield passing uh, attempts. I would love to see Andrew Anthony, for example, just high point it, right? Just throw it up to him. Let him see if he can braille in it uh, against somebody, whether that's against Penn State or Michigan State, one of those teams. He, we just need to, to start doing that a lot sooner. Nate, now it's time for our All Things Wolverines Awards, our ATW Awards of the Week. Who's our unsung hero of the week, Nate? Yeah. So we have had a preseason All Big Ten tight end out for the past three weeks. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. But we haven't noticed because of one maker. He's been outrageous. Um, truthfully, if, if Eric Hall comes back, which we all remember Eric Hall's play against Penn State last year when he sealed the game with that long touchdown. But Schoonmaker, in his absence, in the past three Big Ten games, has had 20 catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns. Now, if you're a Michigan fan, you know those are season-long stats for most Michigan tight ends. If you go back and talk to a lot of people about who their favorite tight end was, the stats for that person for the year aren't truly great. Um, but this really has been. So what's been cool to, to watch him just to sort of take over, and especially in this game, he's just consistent. He gets there, and that, that touchdown run that he had was awesome. So that is my unsung hero for this game, is Schoonmaker, um, and I'm excited to see what we have moving forward. If Eric All comes back and we've got two tight ends like that, I think it's just a constant two tight end package. Again, the sad thing about football is there's only one football with all these weapons, but I'd still think – that Schoonmaker's been worthy enough. They're both good blockers enough. And with Trent Jones out moving forward, I think that's going to be helpful on the edge with Carson Barnhart to have Eric Hall and Schoonmaker out there at all times. But for today, from Saturday, Schoonmaker, we salute you. Thanks for being our unsung hero. Absolutely. He, he's been awesome. And he helped us, you know, flip that game, seal that game. He's a nice outlet all the time and, and good in the pass block or in run block too. All right. So, uh, for me, uh, slim choices here, um, but I felt like because Big Mo shifted the Big Mo during the game, Big Mike Morris blocked the kick, uh, changed changed that game. You know, from IU getting getting ahead, at, moving it towards halftime. So uh, I'm going to go Mike Morris as the special teamer of the week. Um, didn't know that you know he's somebody I'd have in consideration, but that block kick was special teams. Um, he's, you know, been phenomenal for us everywhere. And so to see him come up big and block that kick was, was awesome. So our special teamer of the week, the ATW special teamer of the week goes to Mike Morris. Cousin Kyle, uh, what's the big mistake of the week? What do we see in the Big Ten Conference? Yeah, having been at the game, I did not get to see really much of the afternoon slots of the Big Ten games, but I did watch far too much of of Iowa, which ended in a, uh, a touchdownless game. And this was just brutal, brutal football watching. 
But the big mistake goes to uh, Spencer Petrus, who threw uh, an interception on Iowa's attempt to try and come down and at least tie the game uh, on a field goal attempt, because surely they weren't going to uh, score a touchdown. But I do want to they, – they got an Iowa turnover – or Iowa got a turnover on Illinois in the red zone. I think it was on like the five or ten yard line, and I was texting with with Brandon and Nate, and I and I said, <laughs> okay, I would got the ball on like the eight yard line. How far back do they get pushed? And they got pushed back like fifteen yards. So just in general, that is that is what watch, what watching Iowa is like. And they lost. Uh, they had a score of six. And Illinois had a score of nine, and that was the Big Ten mistake of the week. Yeah, that game was something special to watch. You know, I definitely fell asleep off and on throughout that. But, man, what a what a sight. All right, as we wrap up, on to Penn State. Preview and predictions. Nate, get us in. Well, I'll be quick. It's a prove-it game for both of us. I say we win 20-13. to 13. The players to watch on offense, Singleton, he's a true freshman, terrifies me because he's a true freshman. He's a lot like Saquon Barkley, unfortunately. And Clifford, it depends on his health. Hopefully we can get after him like we did with Bazalak, Dizalak, whatever, and uh, end the game. But their defense is tough in the defensive backfield, but I'm hopeful that we pull it out 20 to 13. Yeah, I think similarly, you know, I think it's going to be interesting because they had a close, Penn State had a close four-point win uh, versus Purdue. They beat a very bad Auburn team. They held on to Northwestern in a mess, so it's hard to tell. But their freshman, you know, duo running back Singleton and Allen seems solid. Clifford's a gamer. Uh, Michigan at home, better coach. And uh, I think our D wins us this game 24 to 20. Cousin Kyle, what do you have here? Yeah, I think the thing probably that worries me the most about Penn State is uh, Manny Diaz, their defensive coordinator. I think he's really, really good. I think that um, they're going to be. I don't think they're as good of a defense as Iowa is, but they're probably more athletic, uh, which could give us some fits, especially with Trent A. Jones being out with a high ankle sprain. Uh, they always have really good defensive ends. But as Brandon said, they look pretty pedestrian against Northwestern and Central Michigan. Uh, they lost to Purdue in a real close game. James Franklin is still their head coach, a man who has a losing record to Brady Hoke. So... I am going to go with Michigan 14 to nine in honor of the uh, 2007 Mike Hart game where he had 44 rushes uh, for like something like 150 yards against Penn State and single-handedly seemingly kept us a game. And I love it. I mean, we all have predictions of a close game. At my, you know, mine is a four-point differential. Kyle's five and Nate's as a, as a touchdown game. So we're looking forward to that this Saturday. It looks like they're in the AP poll. Penn State will be 10th and we'll be 5th. I'm not sure how we slid back one. That seems absolutely silly to me. But um, big matchup, big noon kickoff once again. Uh, man, what a week to gear up. Hopefully we can get our guys healthy. And obviously thoughts and prayers for Mike Hart and his family and just his recovery and what that looks like short-term, long-term. So all the best to him. And as uh, yeah, we, as we say every week, thanks so much for joining us. This is All Things Wolverines. We'll see you next time.